Today, you'll hear an episode that was originally released exclusively to our Patreon subscribers during Season 2 of Council for Life. Any promotions or giveaways mentioned in the episode were reserved for our subscribers at the time of the original release. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a subscriber, keep listening at the end of this episode for information about how to join us. This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Brewer and Eliza Huey. Welcome back, subscribers. So today we would like to talk about marriage mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I want to start with Eliza and I've just been kind of kicking around ideas about uh, what we want to talk about. This is a huge subject, it uh, is. but when we think about, you know, marital issues that people have, which let's just face it, everybody has marital issues. If you're mm-hmm. married, then you're going to, um, was the, the passage of scripture, iron sharpens iron. There's a lot of sharpening that happens when you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Eliza and I both do, uh, quite a bit of marriage counseling and uh, we want to just kind of share with you guys today, some of what, how we conceptualize it and things that we think about when we work with married couples. And so whether you're a counselor or a counselee, or you're not in counseling, but you're married, or you know, someone who's married, we want to just share with you some of the ways that we conceptualize it, maybe hopefully to be helpful as you think about your own relationships uh, and those that you spend time with. So Eliza, the, I want to start with just when you do marriage counseling, you you think a lot about and talk with your clients about intent and impact. And so yeah. tell us a little bit about that. And that'll kind of spring springboard us into more conversations about what we feel like married couples need as they're growing together in the Lord. Right. And I'm, I'm so glad you kind of approach this in the way that you did. Like, this isn't just about marriage counseling. This is about marriage. And the truth is, is that like you mentioned, the sharpening, whenever there is sharpening, sparks fly and there's heat <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, everybody deals with this in marriage. There's always going to be problems, conflict, whatever it is that you will face in marriage. And so we want to kind of help you think through how to better approach those things. So as Beth said, one of the things that I share often with uh, couples that I'm working with is something that I learned and was really actually uh, very eye-opening for my own marriage. And it's this whole idea of intent and impact. And and I think sometimes when we are, um, in, and it doesn't even, honestly, it doesn't even have to be marriage. It can even be in any relationship. When we are trying to talk through a situation or we're just even just doing life with one another and we're sharing our heart or we're sharing something that really matters to us or our opinions about something, we tend to focus most on our intention. My intention is to inform you, or my intention is to share with you my feelings, or my intention is just to vent. I don't really have any, you know, purpose for this conversation other than just, just pass on this information and kind of let it get from me to you. But the intent is what we tend to focus on most because it's what we know. We feel the intent. I can feel my intention. I, I know my intention. I can think through and I, and I'm actually very committed to my intention, but where we end up going wrong is we think that that's the most important thing in a conversation when actually we need to be significantly aware of the impact that what we're saying is having on a person. And I'll just share maybe a story with you and maybe Beth, I'm sure you probably as I'm talking can think of some things too, but I remember uh, a husband and wife who had come in for counseling 
and uh, they hadn't been married very long. I think it was like six or eight months. It was very early on. And they were just having a lot of conflict where she was getting her feelings hurt a lot. And um, so they came in at the suggestion of their pastor who did their premarital counseling just to kind of see like what, how can we better have, have conversations in a way that doesn't lead to these hurtful interactions. And so what, what I discovered in talking with this couple is that he had grown up in a family where corrective criticism or corrective input will maybe say was very welcomed and it wasn't considered hurtful or, um, harmful. It was, it was really considered helpful. Like they, the, their family was very open about this is great. You did this this way. Maybe if you did this, it could improve upon it. And they were a little bit, this family was actually kind of entrepreneurial in their Mm -hmm. mindset. And so they started a lot of businesses and stuff. And so they were ideas people, but they were able to take an idea and like throw it out or pick it apart. And it wasn't personal where she, on the other hand, grew up in a very tender and gentle family Mm -hmm. who was very sensitive to other people's um, perception and so forth. And so they were sharing with me a particular evening when she had um, made, and already this is probably setting herself up for a really, (laughs) really difficult interaction, but she had made a recipe that his mother had made before. And she was really excited about it and got the ingredients and talked to his mother on the phone and was just really looking forward to serving this meal. But it wasn't quite like mom's, as I'm sure you probably had those same kind of situations where it's like, okay, early marriage, it's not quite the way it was. You know, it's not quite the way it is now as it was in your upbringing. And he was grateful for it. He was very grateful for it. But she had done something a little different with, I can't even remember, it had something to do with like the finishing toppings or something of whatever it was. I think it was a casserole of some sort. And he suggested to her to do something different. And it was so hurtful because for her, she, all he, all she felt was that he just saw the things that were wrong. And while mm. for him, his intention was to say, Oh, my mom would sometimes do this. And I, I really loved it when she would do this or whatever. His intention was to kind of help improve the situation. It landed so heavy on her. It landed mm-hmm. so hurtful on her. And then it created a conflict because he was feeling like, I can't actually say anything to you. You're so sensitive. And so what they ended up, what we ended up talking with them through is how do you like think through what I'm about to say? My intention is this, but how do I know this person in front of me? How do I understand the person? And how do I even like move towards them in a way where the impact is uh, sensitive to what they're receiving? And one of the best things you can do in this, because sometimes people are like, I have no idea how to do that. One of the best things you can do is you can ask how what you just said landed on them? Or what are you thinking? Or what are you feeling about what I just said? And I think that's really important because as you go through this, you could take those situations and just basically say conflict, that's all that's going to happen. Or you could say, okay, I want to actually understand how what I'm saying is impacting you. And when you actually care about that, that person is more open to your intention because before, before that she's not really, she doesn't really care about his intention. She cares about how she feels and how wounding it was. But if, if he were to move towards her and they did it in the counseling room and it was really sweet and it actually was really good. Um, she was more open to his intention when he was more aware of the impact of what he said. So I don't know, do you, you use that? Is that something yeah. that has come up? I love what you said about you. One of one of the sentences you said were was 
we're very committed to our intention. And mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, you know, m- not maliciously, but it's just a very kind of um, egocentric thing naturally for us, right? Like we, yeah. we are thinking from our own perspective. We are seeing things from the way that we intend them. And so part of what you're talking about is the the unpacking of a conversation that allows for me to see something from the other person's perspective, to be able to, yeah. to recognize that the way I'm interpreting, so I use the word interpretation, it's kind of mm-hmm. Paul Tripp in his book, mm-hmm. Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand, talks about how we are interpreters. This is what we do in life, relationally, yeah. is we, we interpret our world. And so if I'm interpreting in a particular way. And that's all I can see is my interpretation or I'm the one speaking and my, all I can see is my intention and not understand at all. Well, why are you taking it that way? That's not what Mm -hmm. I meant. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a pretty, uh, I don't know if egocentric is the right right word, but it's coming from, from my own space. I'm not thinking about it from your space and how you're receiving it. So even just being able to have those conversations allows for, Oh, I'm, I'm being enlightened by my spouse, you know, to go, Oh, okay. The way you receive it is, is important. It matters. And I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for my words. I'm not responsible for your feelings, but I can certainly follow the wisdom of scripture in, you know, words like uh, in Proverbs that talk about a kind word, a soft word turns away wrath. Like this idea of, I want to be aware of how I'm speaking so that I can, you know, when I'm talking to you, you're, you're hopefully receiving it in the way that I intend, which is hopefully kindly, (laughs) you know? So yeah, I do a lot of that with, with clients. And I discover that, you know, the lack of understanding of this idea Mm -hmm. of intent and impact, you know, we come into marriage, not really thinking about that probably, unless somebody's trained us well, we might not have thought about that. And so then over time, what happens is a, a kind of buildup yeah. of potential wounding and even resentment. Those things mm-hmm. can kind of build up over mm-hmm. time um, and we're not really paying attention to it necessarily. And then suddenly we're very angry over something small, you know, then we're, yeah. oh, okay, something's happening here. And so when I work with, with married couple and I love working with married couples, but I tend to work more with couples who one spouse or maybe both spouses are coming into the marriage with some pretty significant scars mm. from their own pasts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that also can impact, right. I'm bringing, if I have scars from prior to marriage or, or even, you know, relational things that have been really difficult, I bring that into marriage. I'm, I'm naturally going to do that. And so yeah. I, um, I think about how I'm, if I'm already wounded, I use the word prickly with, with clients. Mm-hmm. If I'm already prickly, uh, when I come into marriage, then you're much more likely as my spouse to, to poke me and it hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm just yeah. I'm already hurt. I sometimes use the analogy with clients of like having a really bad sunburn. It's like, if mm-hmm. I have a really bad sunburn and my friend comes up and gives me a big hug, that's going to hurt, even though it's a hug, like, Cause I'm, I'm just, there's a sensitivity all over for me. Yeah. And so I talk about that a lot with clients. I like to try to unpack some of what they've brought into marriage, but even like, you know, these conversations, like even the one about the casserole, it's like, if that's not dealt with and we just yeah. push it under the rug or we just, you know, pretend that everything's fine. And sometimes we can do that, let things roll off. But if there, if that builds over time, then suddenly you've got a wife who feels like she can't do anything right. 
mm-hmm. right? And a husband who feels like his wife, he can't even ever ask right. her a question or, right. you know, and, and so we talk a lot in, in sessions when I work with clients about um, just wounds and how wounds can turn into resentment mm-hmm. if they're, if they don't heal. And so mm-hmm. we do a lot of work of talking about repair. Like now, are what, you talking about like wounds before the marriage or wounds within the marriage? Well, I think there's both obviously, but um, yeah. yeah, I think wounds within the marriage, like this wife that you're talking about could have, could have really, um, grabbed a hold of that almost as a character thing. Like he yeah. thinks I'm not a good wife. Right. Um, right. and then, and that can really create wounding, even if he didn't intend it. Right. And so exactly. That's, yeah. that's something that over time, as it builds, if there's not healing, then, then yeah, I mean, you can end up with, we don't trust each other. Well, and that's such an important thing to kind of even just, you mentioned it briefly, just like we interpret and we interpret and make decisions about people and our lives based on our interpretation. And we're all big fan of Paul Tripp. And one of the things he says is that we live not out of the facts, but of the interpretation of the facts. And so we need to always be open in order to avoid that. We need to be open to other people's counsel, other people's input into what we are interpreting. So that wife and that husband, they need one another to bring, provide input to see, is what I'm feeling really what I'm feeling? Or sorry, is what I'm feeling really what is happening? And Mm -hmm. so it could be, it could be that, you know, I, I gave you some background. So you kind of have a little bit of a, of a sense of maybe the husband wasn't trying to just be mean and critical, but it could be that you do have a spouse who is critical and mean. Um, and so you want to, you want to find out and, and having other people speak into the situation can be helpful so that you begin to actually interpret based on the facts, not necessarily your interpretation of those facts. And it just speaks to the fact that we were designed to need counsel. It's from the beginning of, of the Bible when we see in Genesis where God created the man and the woman, several, I think it's in, in verse 28 where it talks about God blessed them. Um, right after he created them, he said he blessed them and God said to them. That's the first line that we have there of counsel being given. So direction, um, input, insight for them. And then it continues to go on. And he, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And then it says, God said to them that I've given you every plant of the field and, and to take dominion over the animals and so forth. You know, so there's this instruction that's been given. There's counsel that's been given. And then of course we see in Genesis three, we have the introduction of a, of a new counselor with the serpent. And we were actually made to receive counsel. And so one of the things I think is so important as we have couples who are struggling in these ways is of course, to get counsel from others who are, who are um, God fearing and will point you in the right direction and will, will be for your marriage, but never forget that God has actually also given you one another. Um, If, if that husband and wife were open to hear what they were actually feeling and seeing and understanding about the situation. They're receiving counsel from one another, counsel that's going to be helpful to love one another better. And so Mm, keeps you from moving towards, like you mentioned, being wounded Mm -hmm. by that. And I would imagine being wounded is over and over again is going to build up a wall, I would think between. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you're, what you're saying about 
how I'm feeling when you say something and I'm interpreting that requires a degree of Mm self-awareness. So if you guys haven't gone, haven't listened to our episode with Michael Crawford back last month, Mm -hmm. please go back and listen to that. He does a great job of talking with us just about, uh, you know, what, how, why is it so important that we be self-aware? But if I'm not aware of what I'm feeling, so if I'm that wife and Mm -hmm. I'm not aware of what I'm feeling, all I know is something feels bad. Mm -hmm. My interpretation and then therefore my application, if we want to sort of use Bible study method as the, <laughs> as like the verbiage, my interpretation there for my application might be incorrect. Like I might mm-hmm. actually go in the wrong direction. All I know is that that feels bad. Um, if I don't understand what's happening, I can't say something like I'm feeling shamed right now. Yeah. Like if I don't have those words, then the automatic is going to be more like, you don't think I'm a good wife instead of I'm feeling something, this is what's happening in me. So that, that there's an element of self-awareness that's really important that I discover a lot of times. Um, I, and whether I'm working with a couple that's been married five years or 45 years mm-hmm. that some, some of the work we end up doing has a lot to do with self-awareness, even before mm-hmm. we can get to, because couples will show up in counseling and say, oh, we need to work on our communication skills. I'm like, always, well, right? Always. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But how are you communicating internally? Yes. Before you even communicate externally, that is something that we end up doing a lot of work around because that's often something that that's part of the issue is that people yeah. don't have the self-awareness to even know what am I feeling what do I actually think about this? How is my, my history impacting this present moment? You know, all that, that all matters so that when you do have conversation, you actually can bring your whole self into it. Um, and so there's a lot of work. I actually, with many of my marriage clients, I recommend that they also have individual or that maybe they do some individual before they do marriage. If the marriage isn't like really like imminently struggling um just because yeah. i think that's such an important component of it if i don't know me how am i going to share me with you yeah yeah and and one other thing that i think is also important that's so helpful in just looking inward as we look inward and we do become a little bit more self aware we have to realize like we are we are shaped as we are growing a, we are shaped and we are taught about relationships through the relationships that we lived in. And so they do matter. And um, one of the things I think is important is we need to know that about ourselves, but we need to know that about our spouse as well. So in that, going back to that couple, knowing that his wife grew up in a different kind of environment where where critique and criticism were only brought when there, when it was criticism or when it was critique, not as a way to kind of make something better and work together to make something better. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that she's filtering that through a many years of being uh, trained and taught that. And it's not necessarily like, oh, that was such a bad upbringing. It's just, it was the way that mm-hmm. their family worked. And so, and the same for him, like she needs to understand, like he's going to filter things through a different grid and it's not always wrong. Now it does need to be aligned with the scripture because that's where we, and you even said, you know, sometimes you have people do individual work. We need to make sure is the way that I have been taught, is it actually aligned? with the way God calls me to love people and interact with people because we can kind of throw it out with like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't mean it to be hurtful. And so it's no big deal or whatever. But again, going back to that impact, we're called to love God and love others. And 
obviously, you know, loving others means we have to know them. So I think it's really important. And that's what's going to help couples really avoid building that resentment that you talked about. Because if you have wounds long enough, pretty soon you build up that self-protective, you know, if that wound has been, like you talked about that sunburn, if that's been touched or or slapped or, or hurt more than, you know, I'm thinking not literally, but figuratively, if that's been something that has been touched over and over and over again through conversations and and conflict, eventually you're going to just protect it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I think resentment starts to build up is that I can't trust you to care for me. So I'm going to have to care for myself. And now you are the, the person I'm, I'm protecting myself from. And that never works in marriage. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a difference between wounds and resentment. Um, And again, what you said about needing to have wise counsel, Mm -hmm. we really don't often, sometimes we really don't know what's in our hearts. We really don't know if we're on a road of forgiveness and healing, or if Mm -hmm. we're just stuffing things or whatever, you know, it's like, it's hard to know those things. This is why it's so helpful to have wise people in our lives that can can watch us and we can, uh, open ourselves up to the, the, yeah, the counsel of others. So Mm -hmm. I, I find it so, so helpful to have a counselor who can say, well, now, wait a minute, you said this, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, because she's looking for the, these, these things that are in my heart that I might not even see. Um, and, and, and again, might definitely not even see the way those things are impacting my spouse or my friends or my children or, you know, my work. So it's, that's so helpful to have those opportunities and yeah, man, I just want to sure. say that I'm so grateful the, the age that we're in, even though there are some negatives about sort of living in a very therapeutic culture these days, the positive can be, it, there's not really a stigma the way there used to be. No. Um, if, if, if I'm in, if I'm in marriage counseling, that doesn't mean that I'm about to get divorced. Right. It means I care. I love my marriage and exactly. care about it. And so I'm, I'm looking for outside eyes. Thanks for listening to counsel for life. Want to become a friend of the podcast? Join our Patreon. Friends of the podcast receive bonus episodes each month that take a deeper dive into topics discussed and provide additional practical and personal insight from the hosts. Friends of the podcast will also be entered into monthly drawings for free resources from our sponsors. For more information, visit www.counselforlifepodcast.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.